Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. So guys, uh, today we're going to bring uh, to a closing this series uh, that we started at the beginning of November, and this series has been called Make It Count, all right, and we're talking about making our life count. Okay, that our life can count for the things that, that really matter in this world, you know? And, uh, so we're closing the series today. And next week, we're gonna be starting off, uh, it's not e- even a series, but really a season here at NUMA that we're gonna call Christmas at NUMA. Alright, Christmas at NUMA. And, uh, we're already in December, church. I don't know if you've noticed that, alright? But we're diving into December, and in a few days, we will wrap up 2021. And, uh, and it's been amazing. God has been so good. So I want to encourage you guys. This is a season of the year where people are more sensitive, uh, to the things of God. Why? Because we're celebrating the birth of Christ. You know, Christmas, all right? It's not about holiday shopping, you know, and great deals and stuff like that. Christmas is about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want you guys to understand something. I know that probably Jesus was not born on December 25th. I know that, all right? Because I've had some people come, Pastor, you know he wasn't born on December. I know. <laughs> but you know what? It's the day that the world celebrates or recognizes the coming of Jesus to this world. So as believers and as Christians, we got to take advantage of this time. All right. And this is a season, guys, where I am sure that you could tell people to come with you to church. And you know what they'll probably do? They'll come with you to church. Why? Because it's Christmas season. So I want to encourage you guys, okay, to bring friends now in December. Let family members know. Let your neighbor know. Let your coworker know. Hey, come with me to church. You know, pastors doesn't keep us there too long, you know, but we're going to have a great time. And I really believe that the messages that we're going to be sharing here in Christmas are really going to be impactful and make a difference in the life of those people that come out here, right? So Christmas at Numa, we started next week. And today, uh, I'm going a little different in both services, all right? Because you guys, last week, I got to finish uh, the message that I had with you guys. Now, in the second service, I stayed about halfway. So today, in the second service, they're going to finish out the message that you guys heard completely last week, all right? So you guys are getting a completely different message, fresh, just for you guys at 10 o'clock for rising up early, all right? Anybody say amen today, all right? So, uh Early risers, early risers, you guys are going to get blessed today. So today I've titled this message, all right, we only have one shot. We only have one shot. Can you say that with me? We only have, we have one shot at life. Okay, we're only going to be in this life once. You only have one shot. If you only had one shot to make a difference in this world, okay, What would you do with your life? How would you take that shot? You know, as you guys know, I love basketball, all right? I grew up playing basketball. I still uh, enjoy basketball. I have uh, Coach Rene here and his son, Clemente. They're part of the basketball team, and my son's in that team. You know, and, and today I'm wearing these nice Jordans that they got for me for Pastor's Appreciation Month. All right, come on, somebody. I have some Michael Jordans, and and as I wear those shoes today... You know what I think about? I think about the guy that that designed these shoes, all right? And I'm not talking about the designer. I'm talking about Michael Jordan, all right? I'm talking about the guy that made the shoe famous. 
And you might know Michael Jordan, you know, you might have heard of him. Maybe you're not even from the U.S. And, you know, to you, he's like, you know, Maradona or Pelé, maybe like the best one, but you never even saw him play. Well, I want to let you know something. The reason that Michael Jordan became who he is today, an icon, everybody knows it, had to do with one shot. And it was one shot that came to his hands, all right, when he was a sophomore in the University of North Carolina. And they're in the championship game. And there's about 10 seconds left in the game. And all of a sudden, the ball landed on his hands. It wasn't even supposed to go to him. It was supposed to go to somebody else. But the ball landed on his hands. And you know what Michael Jordan did? He took the shot. And guess what happened? He made the shot. And they won the national championship in 1982. And from that moment on, Michael Jordan became who? Michael Jordan. He became the person that we all know. From that moment on, he went into the NBA. And usually the last second shot for the Chicago Bulls would end up in the hands of who? Michael Jordan. He had one shot and he took that shot and he made that shot. Well, let me tell you, you and I as believers, as sons and daughters of God, okay, we have one shot at this life. We better make it count. Because we're not coming around again, <laughs> okay? I know some people think on reincarnation and all that stuff. I want to tell you, this is not biblical, all right? It's not in the Bible. You know, we went to India, my wife and I, on a missions trip, and there was cows all over, you know? And, you know, as they were explaining to us the whole thing of karma and reincarnation, they're like, oh, no, is that, that could be grandma, you know? And she came back as a cow. So literally in India, if you have a cow and, you're, and the cow walks into your house... Okay, the cow walks into your house and it's in the living room. You can't get the cow out. You got to let it do whatever it wants within the house because it's one of your ancestors that is visiting your home. Bro, if a cow walks into my house, you know what I'm going to say? Lord, thank you for your provision. You have provided lunch, dinner, breakfast for the next month and a half. Come on, churrasco, picaña, you know, I'm thinking all those kind of things. Now, I'm not here to disrespect anybody's faith, man. You know, but the Bible says, all right, listen to what it says, all right, that we live once and then comes a judgment. You live once and then comes a judgment. What does that mean? That you and I one day as believers, listen to this, you and I are not going to be part of the great white throne judgment, okay? That's the one that, you know, the books are going to be open. You have Jesus, you're clear. The, the one that you and I are going to believe, be in, okay, the judgment, it's called the judgment seat of Christ. And that judgment seat of Christ has to do with what we did here on earth. Doesn't mean that we get into heaven. No, we're already in heaven. But then the Lord is going to ask us about our works, what we did. Did we make a count? Did we make a difference? So we have, guys, we have one shot. And since your life matters and my life matters, hey, by the way, uh, church, I want us to give a big round of applause, Pastor Adrian. Today is his birthday. Pastor Adrian is all the way back there. We honor you, brother. We love you. Pastor Adrian is in charge of the whole production, so he's always running back and forth, but wanted to take a moment since he came out of that closet over there. Anyways, since we only have one shot and your life matters, how is it that we should live as believers? Well, it's found in Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to read verse 15 through 17. 
And it says this. So be careful how you live. Okay, so it starts with a warning already. Okay, and what's that warning? To be careful. Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. All right, I'm not calling anybody a fool. I'm just reading the Bible. All right. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most out of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. What does the scripture say? The scripture says to not act thoughtlessly, but to make the most out of every, what church? Every opportunity. You know that the Lord is putting new opportunities in front of us today? And you know that we got to make those opportunities count? A lot of us were so bind by things that we lived in the past and hurts and problems and situations that we don't enjoy the present and we don't want to make the most out of the opportunity we have in front of us. Because we're resented, we're angry, we're frustrated, we're depressed. And if you're here and you're in that condition, I want to tell you something. 2022, you got to be in a small group because you need to find freedom from all those things. You can't let the things of your past not let you walk in the present that God has given you today so that you can make the most out of every opportunity that you have. You have one shot. Have one shot. Yesterday, like my wife said, my, my daughter turned 15, my oldest. And I was like, you know, it's been a couple of difficult days as a dad. I got to admit, it's been difficult because I've been trying to process, you know, and we're getting ready to, you know, celebrate her 15s and stuff like that. And I'm man, if this is for the 15s, I don't even want to think how it is when the day she has to get married. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be whack. You know, anyways, I'm not talking about that or, but you know what I'm trying to do? I am, I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make the most out of every opportunity with all four of my kids. Because I know that the day is going to come that they're not going to live at home with me anymore. You know, the day is going to come that they're going to move on. And I have a funny prophecy that the Lord gave me over my life, and I know it. The Lord told me, none of your four kids are going to live in the same place that you live. I gave you four because I'm sending one to the north, one to the south, one to the east, and one to the west. Not, none of them are going to live in the same city. I know that. And the funny thing is, none of them like Miami. Can you believe that? Oh, none of my four kids like Miami. I'm like, this is the most wonderful city in the world. <laughs> Come on, man. I would live here. I would die here, bro. I was born here. They don't want Miami. One of them wants to live in Chicago. The other one likes North Carolina. I'm like, well, what's up with you guys, man? So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to make the most out of every opportunity. I'm encouraging you, church, today to make the most out of every opportunity that you have in front of you. Because it's not coming back. Tomorrow you can't put rewind so that you can replay today. It's not going to happen. You have one shot. You have one shot. Alright? So it says here, and Paul closes this verse by saying, But understand what the Lord wants you to do. That's a loaded sentence right there, man. <laughs> understand what the Lord wants you to do. It's like, what does God want me to do? Well, you know what I want to do? All right. This is what I want to do. <laughs> Since we have one shot, I want to share with you five things that the Lord wants you to do if you're going to make a difference in this world. 
Now, I'm going to run through these things, but I think they're going to bless you. The number one thing, first thing that I have on my list, and they're not in order, okay? Like, oh, why did he put that one last? No, no, they're not in order. But I know one thing the Lord wants you to do, since you have one shot, here you go, write it down. This is very spiritual. Be joyful. Laugh. Be joyful. Enjoy life. Some Christians look that they've been baptized in lemon juice, not water. They're sour and bitter. And God don't want you like that. Be joyful. Be happy. All right. I know that we live in a world full of bad news. All right. I know that, you know, there's people that are sad, people that are afraid, people that are worried. I know that there's people that are sick. I know that people have died. And I know that there's bad news all around. And a lot of times we come under the influence of that. As sons and daughters of God. Like, oh man, did you see the news and this and this and that? Like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Have you read the promises that the Bible has? Do you know what God has said over your life? Do you know you're supposed to be light and light shines in the middle of the dark? And all of a sudden you start to get upbeat and hopeful. And and, and full of joy. You and I should not be walking the same way that the people in this world that have no hope and have no joy. As sons and daughters of God, oh, we have reasons to be joyful. We have reasons to be joyful. Why? Because we have, we have a hope for this life. We have, we have life. We have faith. We have God on our side, church. And if we have God on our side, man, we have the healer. We have the provider. We have the protector. Everything we need, we have. And we got God on our side. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to be joyful. Nehemiah. A book in the Bible, this guy Nehemiah, very interesting character, God calls him, all right, to go back to Jerusalem, okay, they were in exile, and God calls him to come back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls of the city that had been torn down, and he's living, you know, in, in the times of Babylon and all that, and they were the ones that conquered Jerusalem, and later on, okay, God puts in his heart to find out how's the city, And he gathers a bunch of people and they go back over there and they get the permission from the king to go and rebuild the walls. But as they're there rebuilding the walls and doing the work, a lot of them are sad because they're like, man, the city's not what it used to be. Man, don't you miss the things, the way things were? Oh, the good old days. Some of us, oh, the good old days. And a lot of us started with that complaining spirit. And comparing where they were now to how things used to be before. And listen to what the Lord tells them in Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. Look what Nehemiah says. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food. Choice food means good food. That's what he's saying. Go make some churrasco, go make some barbecue, you know, go enjoy life. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drink. He's not talking about sweet tea. Yeah, I love sweet tea. All right? But back in those days, it's wine, guys. All right? Go get some meat and some wine and send some to those who have nothing prepared. So think of those, all right, that maybe are not in the same position that you're in and, and send them something so that they could celebrate as well. This day is holy to our Lord. Hold on. Can there be a day that is holy to God that is a day of celebration and a day of feasting and a day of having joy? Of course. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve 
For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what he's saying, this day is a day of celebration to God. Don't be grieving. Because the joy of the Lord is what? Is your strength. You need strength today, church? Maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching through that camera. I want to tell you something. The joy that you need and that I need comes from God. The joy that you and I need comes from God. And, and it comes by understanding this. God is not mad at you. God is not angry at you. God is not frustrated with you when you slip. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe he slipped. No, <laughs> He already knew it. You can't catch anybody by surprise that has every day of your life written in his book. You're not going to catch him by surprise. He's not going to say, oh my God, do you believe what he did? No, not going to be shaken by it. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to tell you something. God is joyful. God is joyful. He's not in the throne of heaven like a, you know, like a sour grape and all anger. Like, man, I can't wait to destroy this world and send my son Jesus and we could clean all this stuff. No. If he would have wanted to, he would have done it already. <laughs> God is sitting on his throne and he's enjoying what you and I are doing in this world. He's enjoying the difference that you and I are making in this world. So when you tap into the joy, listen to what the verse says. The joy of the Lord is not your joy. It's His joy. The joy of the Lord, you understanding that He is having joy in His heart, it gives you strength. Because it's like, oh, my father's proud of me? Oh, man. Okay, let's take on life. Let's go. Have a God that is smiling down upon me. I got a God that is happy about me. Man, that gives you strength. Makes you go on. Lifts up whatever depression and sadness and frustration you might have about life. Look what Psalm 100 verse 1 and 2 says. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Alright, how many of you guys like sports? Raise your hand. Anybody like sports? Alright. If your team is winning... All right, you're not there. They make the winning basket or the winning touchdown. You're not like, can't believe these guys. Oh, how horrible. No, you know what you're doing, man? You're jumping. You're like, yeah, and you're screaming and you're high-fiving somebody that didn't come with you. I went to the Dolphin game the other day, you know, and there's a bunch of guys in front of me, bro. Those guys were half drunk. I have no, you know, and all of a sudden the Dolphins beat Baltimore, all right, and they scored a touch. Those guys turned around, bro. I didn't know who they were. I'm like, come on, guys. And I'm like high-fiving them and all this and that. They're like smiling and talking like, bro, your breath, man. I'm like, hey, man. it's like, just chill. But you're joyful. You celebrate. And look what the Lord says. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Can we give a shout of joy to the Lord? I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Give a shout of joy to God. Come on now. All right. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with, listen to this, not with mourning songs, not with sad songs, with joyful songs. And that's the reason, guys, why we gather here together, all right, as a spiritual family. And we, what do we do? We celebrate. 
Why do we start the, the service with upbeat music and we're clapping? And some of you guys are like, when are we getting done with this part? No, we're celebrating God's goodness. And I want to encourage you guys. All right. It's not for you guys to stay in the parking lot in the car and like, all right, 20 minutes. I'm going to stay there and wait for this music part to be over. And then I'm going to go in. How do you know that? Because I know some of you guys. I'm just going to have breakfast, take a little longer, you know, and I'll get there for pastor's preaching. Don't get here for my preaching. Get here for the time of celebration. Get here for the time of joy. Come on. Don't miss the celebration part of the gathering. So important. So important. All right. The second thing the Lord wants us to do to make a difference. What's the second thing he wants us to do? Listen to this, guys. Be encouraging. Be encouraging. Okay, encouragement is something that we all need in this life to keep us motivated, to keep us loved, to, to make us feel confident. All of us need an encouraging word. Sometimes I finish preaching and I'm like, man, I don't know if I hit it. And I have one of these guys come and tap me on the back like, Pastor, man, you knocked it out of the park. Oh, man, that encouragement is like, really? You sure? Like, all right, man, let's go. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. What does it give you? It gives you a confidence. It, it builds you up. It is something that is important for our mental and overall health encouragement. Church, let me tell you something. We need to be encouraging. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Imagine that. It's saying to think of ways to motivate people. Imagine you're home. I'm like, man, today I'm going to think how I'm going to motivate Pastor Max. And you're there, man. Give me an idea, Lord, because I really need to motivate this guy right here. Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. What I was talking about there is about congregating, coming together as a church. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know that one of the most diabolical strategies of the enemy behind the whole COVID pandemic was during the time of the shutdown. That was just diabolical. And why? Because when churches stop congregating physically, there are some states, I thank God for Florida. And I thank God for the governor that we have here in Florida. Hey, come on. And you know, when, when they started shutting down states like California and New York and, and all these places that I love, man, and not letting the church gather, it went completely against the scripture right here. Because when we gather, when we come together, we encourage one another. So when you stop gathering, what do you have in your mind? All the problems and all the situations that you're looking at TV. Or on your phone or on your iPad. And instead of getting the encouragement and the building up that you need, you're getting pulled down. You're getting worried. You're getting frustrated. You're getting depressed. And I had an issue with that because I'm like, how come we could go out there and march, you know? And we can have a thousand people in one spot, but we can't come together and worship together. What's up with that? You know, I knew who was behind all that. 
Your battle's not against flesh and blood. You heard me teach that in October. I know that there's a real enemy that's trying to do what? Split us apart. And that's why it's so important, church. Listen, look over here. For us to come together. We need to be a spiritual family more in these times than ever before. And I'm going to make another announcement about small groups. And this is something I picked up from Pastor Max. You're not fully loved until you're not fully known. You want to be loved, you need to be known. You need to say, this is who I am. And then people know who you are and say, you know what? I still love you. And they encourage you. They build you up. That's why I love my spiritual family of Numa. Not because I'm the pastor. I'm encouraged here. I'm built up here. We can make such a difference by encouraging and being encouragers wherever we go. And and I'm going to challenge you guys to practice that. Imagine how our community could change for the better if there'd be more encouragement coming from us to the people that are around us. Imagine how strong, and I just wrote some examples here, how strong your team at work could become if each person talked up their teammates' work and started bring them down and highlight your own accomplishments. Imagine that. How different school would look, all right, students that are here this morning. Okay, if you of stu- as students would be aware of reaching out to those students that usually isolate themselves and that don't want to talk to other kids and that have all these thoughts about them, if you would go and build relationship with them and go and, and encourage them. And I want to say something about my wife because there's a kid that came to, to church many years ago and actually he's a musician now and he, he, he's part of a worship team in another church here in our city. But my wife reached out to that kid. His name was Sergio. She reached out to him in high school because he was always off to the corner and always off by himself. And Gabby invited him to church. And that kid ended up coming to church and he ended up giving his life to Jesus. And he ended up being part of the worship team. And now he's part of another church and their worship team. Why? Because my wife one day decided, you know what? I'm going to go and encourage this guy. He's always down and out. Let me go speak to him. You never know, church, the difference that we can make in the life of others by being what? By being encouraging. Pastor Milton is like that. I love that about you, Milton. Milton, you could be down and out and feeling like a shoe, and you have a conversation with Milton, and all of a sudden, he just encourages you, man. This guy will come and love on you and give you words of encouragement. He reminds me of a guy in the Bible named Barnabas that he was called son of encouragement. He would encourage people wherever he went. That's a nice title to have. Son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. The third thing that the Lord wants us to do to make a difference, be generous. And we've been talking about that here in our series. I'm not going to really do too much with this. All right. But if we're going to make our life count for eternity here on earth, the only way it's going to happen is if we're generous. Generous with our time. Dream teamers that are here, I love you guys. You guys are generous with your time. Generous, okay, with your giftings and your talents. Okay? 
and you want to find out a little bit more, oh, Pastor, what's my gifting? What's my talent? Well, do growth track. Growth track is a four-step process that we've designed here at NUMA to help you discover what that is so that you can make a difference through your gift and your talent. Let me tell it to you like this. We need what you have. It's going to make a difference. Today is step four of our growth track. And you can go after the service and go next door to the building and say, hey, how do I do step four? They'll guide you. They're like, oh, but I like starting step one. Hey, bro, start step four. <laughs> and then you do step one starting in January. Or program yourself. And you know what? First Sunday of the year, I'm going to start step one. And I'm going to do it because I want to know what's my, I want to be generous with my gifting. And then be generous with your resources, with your finances. Be generous. Look at me, church. I believe that every Christian and every believer is a generous Christian and a generous believer. What do you think that, pastor? Because you have the spirit of God living inside of you. And God is the most generous person that I know. The spirit of generosity lives inside of you. And maybe you're here like, well, I don't know too many Christians that are generous, man. I see them that, you know, they're the opposite. No, a lot of times it's that they're strapped. A lot of times, you know, they're bogged down in depth and they're not making enough and all these things. This is why, all right, in January 15, okay, we're going to be doing a finance seminar here to start off the year. We want to show you. We want to teach you. We want to have a morning with you. It's going to be from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pastor, you're giving us an announcement about January. In a blink of an eye, it'll be January 15. All right? And I want you guys to actually, at the end, if you're interested, you go and sign up. We're going to let you know. We're going to teach you how to do a budget. We're going to teach you how to get out of debt. We're going to teach you if you want to start up your own business. We're going to teach you how to hire, how to fire. <laughs> we have to fire people. You better believe it. Sometimes you do. And Pastor Larry's taught me all those kind of things. You know what? You got to build, okay, build a foundation. You need to have core values in your business. How do I do that? Oh, I'm going to be teaching that one. So finance seminar, why? Because your generosity is important. Last week I spoke to you guys, worship team, you guys could come up. Last week, I spoke to you guys about five opportunities that we had in front of us. And I spoke to you guys about the Thanksgiving offering. And I want to personally thank all those people today that came here on Wednesday night and brought their Thanksgiving offerings to God out of, out of gratitude. It was so amazing. And we did it at the end of the service. People were coming up in those past. Thanksgiving service, by the way, church was amazing. Thanksgiving service was so powerful. I think that if we continue like that next year, we're going to have to do two Thanksgiving services instead of one because we packed it out on Thanksgiving Day. Now, if you couldn't participate of the Thanksgiving offering because of any reason, maybe you didn't come or you weren't ready, you could do that today. At the end of the service, you could give towards that. You know, you could give through text or through an envelope or you're watching online. There'll be a link. You're like, you could participate in that. I spoke to you guys about another opportunity, the acts of kindness cards, okay? And those acts of kindness that I told you, take a bunch of them. And Osmani, you bless me. Because I saw that his wallet, he must have like 30 of those things. The brother had $20 in there and about 30 of the acts of kindness cards. I'm like, come on now, brother, you know? What is he doing? He's talking to people. 
He's blessing people and he's giving them those cards of acts of kindness. That's powerful. I talked to you guys about a toy drive that we're actually starting today. And I said that we're partnering up with an organization called One More Child of, of ladies that have been abused physically, emotionally, and they have children. And we want to bless those children during Christmas time. And we want to give them toys. So we're going to be collecting toys outside for that organization and for that homestead community of migrant workers that we've been working with for many, many years. That's another opportunity that we have in front of us. Then I spoke to you guys about the Orlando and the Tampa campuses of NUMA that are being birthed. Last week on Sunday at six o'clock, we had set up, you know, this beautiful Thanksgiving dinner over there in Orlando. You guys want to see pictures of what happened in Orlando? You guys like pictures? Do we have the pictures up there, Daniela? We have them. Let's look behind me. This is Thanksgiving in Orlando. Look at that. We had a tent. We rented tables. We rented chairs. Guys, all that is because of your generosity. All right? Your generosity. Look how packed that tent was. We had 55 adults and 22 children. Come on. You can put your hands together for the Lord. 22 kids. I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, mandenme ajera al paca. I need some help, man. It was wonderful. I had Pastor Fernando back there leading the worship next to me. And then we had, you know, a little karaoke time and we were singing and we had such a great moment. And the moment of giving the invitation, who wanted to receive Christ, four hands went up of people that invited Jesus into their heart that evening. It was so powerful. And you know what was the most powerful testimony? There was a lady that was there. Her and her husband have six kids. Come on now, somebody. Six kids. Those brothers don't have a TV at home. But anyways. <laughs> like, man, I have four and it's busy. I don't imagine what it's to have six kids, man. And he's a tattoo artist. He's all tat up all the way to the neck. Tattoo artist, tattoo artist. And, and his wife was there. You know what that lady told me? It made the, the whole trip worthwhile. He goes, there's nothing in my house to ever be thankful about. And today you spoke about three reasons of being thankful during this Thanksgiving. I wrote all these things down. And I think that this is going to start changing the atmosphere at home. Because now we're going to start giving thanks to God for what he's given us. It's like, wow. I'm like, lady, you just paid my trip here, man. <laughs> like, it was worth it just for you. So we're starting these campuses up there. Next Sunday, we're in Tampa again. Next Sunday, we're in Tampa. Those brothers in Tampa, when we went to Tampa, they're like, are you here next week? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm in Miami. Like, when are you coming back? I'm like, uh, I'm coming back. Don't worry. I'm going back on the 5th. So we're back in Tampa next week. The address is going to be up on the screen. And if you have people in that whole Tampa Bay, St. Pete area, send them over. All right. We have 45 people in that first service without counting the people that we're serving. God is doing amazing things. And our generosity is making such a difference. And then January 23, we're going to have our invite Sunday. That's another opportunity that we're going to have. Invite Sunday. During the 21 days of prayer that we launch on January 2. I'm going to give you a little card, 
on that Sunday. And I'm going to say, in that card, write the names of people that you want them to come with you to church, that you want God to touch their heart. And you're going to start praying for them every day, every day, every day, every day. And then on the last week, after January 16, on January 16, I'm going to say, okay, this week, go ahead and invite them for the weekend service on the 23rd. And you know what we're all going to do? We're going to invite, we're going to call, we're going to visit those people on our list. And on that 20 day on the 23rd, I believe it's going to be the day that most salvations we're going to have here at Numa Church. That day of visits and people that you're going to be praying for. How to be generous. How to be generous. And then to close this year, there's going to be this worship night. This is a new opportunity of generosity that has been presented to us. A worship night, okay, with the people of Jesus Culture, Kim Walker, and another guy named Sean Foyt. And they do worship nights all over the United States. Well, they decided to do one to close out the year here in Miami on December 31st. And on December 31st, there's going to be a worship night in that field next to Target, the up Kendall Drive and 152nd, I think it is. And I think we have, Danielita, we have the, look at this. This is a quick video of what that event is going to be like. nine o'clock new year's eve that's where i'm gonna spend my new year's all right and we're gonna be supporting this as a church it's gonna be powerful now why is this an opportunity of generosity because the people putting it together i met i met them i was at a meeting with them and stuff and this week they called me and they told me pastor the tickets to miami plus the hotels and everything during the end of the year is super super duper expensive and he goes, we want to reach out to your church for something very, very important. If you guys could help us with this. And I'm like, what is it? He goes, we need housing for some of the speakers and the pastors that are going to be coming. They're going to be on platform. So if you have people in your church that could house maybe some of these people, the most would be from December 29th through January the 2nd. And some of them is just for two days. And they're like, we know about the generosity of your church. And I'm like, how do these people know that? Well, I've been speaking that into the spirit for a long time. And I've said we're going to be the most generous Hispanic church in the United States. I've been saying that. And I'm believing it with all my heart. So listen. They go, we're reaching to other churches for other things. But to you guys, Numa, we would like to entrust the speakers that are going to be on platform. If there's any housing that you guys could provide. So if today you're here and you have housing, you have availability, you can go to the information center at the end and say, you know what, just put your name, your address, and your phone number, and we'll reach out to you, all right? Just to house some of these people that are going to be coming to bless our city in such a powerful way, all right? I ran out of time, but I think that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. 
I said there was five things that the Lord wanted you to do. I know that some of you guys cannot leave this place without writing them because you want to have your notes complete. Just write the fourth one. I'm going to give it to you. Be a hard worker. Be a hard worker. I really wanted to touch on that. I think I'll touch on that sometime next year. Okay, we need to work hard. Some of the most successful people and that makes more difference in this world than other people are people that work hard. With your arms folded and sleeping every day to 11 o'clock in the morning, okay, and not working and not doing anything, you're really not going to make a difference in this world. You need to be a hard worker. And the last one, so that you can complete your notes, all right, be trustful of God. Be trustful of God. You want to make a difference in this world? There's one thing that God wants you to do. He wants you to be trustful. Trust Him. Trust Him. And I'll close with Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. And do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And He will show you which path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I want to close by asking you this question. How's your trust in God lately? How's that faith muscle of trust in God? Is it strong or is it faltered a little bit in this season, in this time? I want you to evaluate that right there as we close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads real quick. Are you really trusting in the Lord with all your heart? And lean not on your own understanding. Are you one of these people that go more by, well, this is what I think. You start reasoning everything. And God's saying, you know what? I just want you to trust me. If you're going to make a difference in this world, you need to trust me. You need to trust that I have control of your life. And that I've equipped you and I've wired you to make a difference in this world. So that you can make your days count. You have one shot. We need to trust the Lord with all our heart. All my life you have been faithful. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. All my life you have been so, so good. What a beautiful song, let's tell them. Come on, God has been faithful. right there where your eyes closed and head bowed I just want you to take a moment with God and just tell him Lord I want my life to count for those things that matter to you in this world 
I want my life to make a difference. Just tell them right there where you're at. Tell them, Lord, I want my life to make a difference. I want it to make an eternal difference in the life of others. Lord God, today, allow me, tell them, allow me to be joyful. And if there's any hurt or anything in your life, tell them right there where you're at right now. If there's depression you've been dealing with, Lord, help me deal with this. I need your joy. Be an encourager. Tell them, Lord, I want to be an encourager. I want to encourage people. I want to champion people. I want to speak into their lives, Lord God. I want to lift them up. I don't want to tear people down. I want to lift them up. Lord, use my life for that. I want to be generous, Lord, with my time, with my talents, with my finances. Lord, allow me to make a difference in this world by being generous. Tell them that. Allow me to be a hard worker, God. And if you've seen yourself falling into some sort of laziness or whatever, say, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to work hard. I want to be a hard worker. I want to accomplish things for you. And lastly, say, Lord, I want to trust in you with all my heart. I want to trust in you. I want to trust in you with all my heart. And right there where your eyes closed and head bowed, if you're here today or watching through that camera and you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's the first step that you need to take. The first step is recognizing that you're a sinner and that by your own works, you cannot be saved. You can't be made right with God. And pastor, how am I made right with God? Through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If today you come to Jesus, he will make you right in front of God and you'll receive eternal life. You'll start a relationship with God. And if that's you today, right there with your eyes closed and head bowed, I want to lead you in a prayer. You could be home. I want you to make this prayer with me. Say with me, Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you forgiveness for all my sins. From this moment on, I ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. And that I can walk in a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Jesus, I'm believing I could do this through you. So take me by the hand and don't let me go. It's in your beautiful name that I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.